0: Good day to you. This is our D-O-L-W, Diocese of Lansing Watch, and this is Saturday, October the 28th, 2023. We're going to pick up where we left off, and uh, my records indicate it's been over a month, September the 1st. We left off at page six on Letter to a Suffering Church. We're getting some pushback and so we are starting with Randy Engels in the midst of, let me just back up a few chapters, The Rite of Sodomy, response, uh, Homosexuality and the Roman Catholic Church, Volume 4. So we're into that. We took a pause because we wanted to see what else, what other people are talking about. And there is Bishop Barron's response, a letter to a suffering church. And then we will bring in for the first time, let me go to the Father's house, uh, John Paul II. And let me actually bring him in because we're getting pushback. Why do we need to talk about this? And this is, uh, these are from clergy. And remember, I voice for the unordained and the unordainables. I voice, the D-O-L-W, voices for the weak and those who have no voice. Let me go to the Father's house. St. John, or John Paul II's strength and weakness. Remember, suffering is the property of the entire church. John Paul II says, I make extensive use of this truth in my life and work. Suffering is the property of the entire church. So we're sharing with you suffering. It's the property of the church. So when someone says, hey, uh, priest, staff, they're embarrassed. They don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it at all. You want to remind them of Mary who went to Jesus and said, Son, they have no wine. Let me repeat that. Son, they have no wine. And today that no wine can mean many things depending upon your point of view. But you're going to the priest, the staff, the bishop with the idea that Mary is concerned about the needs of others, and we are too, okay? And remember, there is a, they'll say, well, can't you forgive and forget? And you want to remember that Our Lady of Counted Sorrows. There's a feast day in September about Our Lady of the Sorrows, and her sorrows are counted. Consider your life, this podcast, discussing as a book of counted sorrows so there's a reason to keep it alive so i just give that to you let me go to the father's house introduce to you there's a lot of support for why you're bringing in what we're talking about and it has a purpose suffering is the wealth it's the property of the entire church it's the wealth of the church So let's go back now to the letter to a suffering church, Bishop Barron, page six. We'll pick up there. And I'll start at the top, but uh, uh, we're really in the middle of the page. But we've already paid out $4 billion. I'm reading now, letter to a suffering church. Paid out $4 billion in sex abuse settlements. Let this figure sink in. $4 billion that came in large part from the generous donations of Catholic people. $4 4 billion dollars that could have been used to build parishes schools universities hospitals and seminaries 4 billion dollars that could have been could have gone to educate children to deal uh, to heal the sick to care for the hungry and the homeless to propagate the gospel but that is an aspect of the devastation that is relatively easy to measure The hurt and alienation felt by Catholics goes so far and deep that it is scarcely possible to gauge. Consider this. Every particular act of sexual abuse by a priest (coughs) establishes an extraordinary ripple effect through families, parishes, and communities. A single child might have been directly mistreated, but the anger, fear, and shame radiate out to mothers and fathers aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, friends and classmates. Now think of the thousands of cases of sexual abuse by clergy and the sickening influence that has gone out from each of them. The rot has reached to virtually every cell and molecule in the mystical body of Christ. Now I'm over on page 7. That priests perpetrated this abuse makes it, of, cor- of course, particularly awful in accord with the sound Catholic theology, <coughs> the faithful have long taken priests to be not merely ministers or preachers, but sacred figures, conformed in a unique way to Christ through ordination. The Spanish word for priest catches this nicely, sacerdote, holy one. Father Raniero Cantomelisa, preacher to the Capital household, has said that, due to this unique identity, the smile of a priest is for many catholic people the smile of god himself a word of comfort from a priest is a word of comfort from the mouth of god tragically this same logic obtains when priests become abusive a child or teenager who has sexually assaulted who has who was sexually assaulted by a priest felt violated by god aggressed by the one he expected uh, to be the source of the greatest comfort and peace the explosion that this cognitive dissidence has produced in the minds and souls of the abused is beyond staggering it has given rise to a suffering that can only be characterized as metaphysical the creator of the world is turned into an enemy this is at page eight now we're at page eight <coughs> and uh I don't think that, that, I think they they wish that, that they were focused on, I don't think people are turned on God and saying, hey, they, they just go away and they say there is no God or they're turned on the clergy. And I think the clergy would be relieved if people blamed God and it took the light off of them. But remember Mary and Joseph and and, and the arch, the angel Gabriel came to Joseph. I take a parenthesis now. Joseph in a dream and gave Joseph... The meaning, the meaning of the of the uh, Annunciation. That Christ was to come. Jesus was to come. His name would be Jesus. And he would be people, he would save uh, souls. That was the meaning of the Annunciation, the Incarnation. Then Gabriel gave the fact, I should say the purpose of the Incarnation, the purpose of the Annunciation was given to Joseph. The guardian of Jesus. The fact of the the incarnation, the fact, the annunciation, was given to Mary, to Gabriel, that she would she would bear a child. Now remember, this is different. There's one priest, one priesthood. So the point of view of Joseph as guardian, and for you men who are um uh, not priest you'll think like that you have a point of view of a guardian women who are not religious the point of view of mary and remember it's this lay woman mary who crushes the head of the of the serpent satan so when the clergy come to you and say listen this is in the past you got to forget about it you remind them that mary the scriptures say just the opposite there will be enmity between the offspring of the woman and the offspring of the saint. Okay. Enmity. And that's not something to be forgotten. You follow me there. So keep that in mind because, uh, there's a, in, in our experience here in the diocese, there are, there's a movement, uh, by the, what I would call the homosexual clergy lobby to hide, to disappear the suffering. And, uh, And healing includes being able to voice about it. All right. So we're voicing for people who have not had a chance to voice about it. But let's talk about that. We're going to shortly go back into Randy Angle. And and you can can read it yourself. But just remember, Mary is obedient. Mary is responsible. Mary is always concerned about the needs of others. And Angel uh, Angel Gabriel comes to Mary. The fact of the annunciation this is luke 1 26-38 uh, and, and it comes to joseph in a dream for the purpose of the annunciation to save souls matthew 1 18-25 remember son they have no wine well what the, the what they have is they have enormous amount amount laity have an enormous amount of suffering and that suffering is wealth for the church so now we go to the words of john paul II, which comes right out let me go to the father's house useful information that uh i'm at page three and that there is uh, uh there is this ministry of love in all its manifestations and expressions so when you want to confront the evil the wicked uh uh cleric the wicked staff remember there is a doctor i forgot his name he's talking wrote a book about the in the church is infiltrated we're now talking about exfiltration you are allowed to exfiltrate the evil you were allowed to have a ministry of love in all its manifestations and expressions and there is a privileged pl- place occupied by the sick the poor the suffering and the least brethren this is Matthew twenty five forty. Those are the people who are who are hurt by uh, and, and abused, sexually abused and murdered by clergy and staff. All those deprived of their dignity and their fundamental rights. Okay, and that's that's you and me. When a staffer comes up and says, "Can't you forgive and forgot? And you can say to your ch- that challenge, "Here's what you want to say: Can't you break? Can't you break with the past. You want me to trust you now, and you haven't broken with the past." What have you done to change canon law about the Vatican secret? They won't even know what you're talking about. So we're at page four now on let me go to the Father's house. And, and this is commentary on John Paul II, the life of John Paul II. That man is the first primary way of the church, but this is especially true of suffering man. And and this this suffering, you know, the spirit of God is to bring those who are separated together to make room in the world for the peace of Christ. That's including us who want to talk about what the evil clergy have done, what the wicked clergy have done, what the silence has brought to us more pain and suffering. So there's a special love for the poor and the defenseless. And you want to indicate that, uh, he. This is fat, This is uh, Ratzinger, as 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 not before he was Pope, proclaimed speaking of John Paul II, Cardinal Ratzinger. You have proclaimed. These are the words. You have proclaimed God's will fearlessly, even where it is opposed to what people think and want. Okay, so you have taken you upon yourself criticism and, and injury. We have too by merely talking about the sins of wicked clergy. By talking about the wickedness of staff who are uh, the, of the clergy who remain silent, those who cooperate, those who know and do nothing, we just want to talk about them. We want to talk about our suffering, and you want to consider your suffering as a, the what's called the uh, the property of the entire church. That's why we want to share it. It's a wealth, and that's what those are the words of Saint John Paul too. And. And you want to, uh, with love, with as we speak, we want to bring down the walls of hatred and estrangement. We want to bring Peter back to the Christ who scourged. That's that's you who are victims, been scourged in the image of Christ, and say to Peter, in in, in, in to the priest, it you you want to tell us about your denial, how in your sins of omission that. You denied before the crow, before the rooster crowed three times. You come back. See, they'll want to come and kiss and make up. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Public sin requires public uh, uh, penance. So come back, priest, and tell us how you denied God, how you raped the body of Christ. You denied Jesus Christ. When you absent the suffering, that is the wealth of the church, let's let's continue here i'm i don't know if i'm doing this right but this this suffering that can be transformed into an instrument of a, a, a of apostle. your apostle is not to remain silent those of you who are pushed and pulled out of the church for you we call come back and give a witness you're you're the great wealth of the church to point a finger and say This is what you've done, clergy. This is what you brought upon me. And I give it to you as wealth. Look at the hole in my back, Bishop. Look at the wound in my psyche. Put your fist in that wound. Extend your finger. The betrayal that you clergy did, it's the betrayal that has caused this wound. It is a stab in the back, Jordan Peterson talks about, betrayals being defined. And there is strength in weakness, okay there's strength and weakness and i'll tell you what this weakness We're going to go we're now over here at page seven and during times of struggle uh the imposition of the communist system well there's that's a totalitarian system communism is totalitarian on the left nazism was totalitarian on the right we have some isms within the church, the infiltrated isms in the church that are just as total, as, as uh, totalitarian. Watch how John Paul II talks about it. Seven gives you some terms. Anyone who was inconvenient for the regime was persecuted. Have you not been inconvenient if you've left the church? Have you been pushed out of the church by a cold shoulder? We certainly have been cold-shouldered. We certainly have been made to disappear. No, no trial, no verbalizing, just taken off. Why? Because we want to talk about the wealth of the church. We want to talk about the property that's owned by the entire church. We want to inventory it, and that is your suffering. And they don't want to have that. They do not want to support those as we do. We want to support you who are dying outside the church. We want to invite you to be visibly and audibly present with your whimpers, your cries, and your screams of torture, you're entitled to that. So watch, anyone who was inconvenient for the regime was persecuted. That may be you. You may be pushed out of the church and not realize that you were manipulated out. Anyone who was inconvenient for the regime was persecuted. The homosexual clergy lobby, think of it like that, powerful lobby that, that Randy Engels talks about. You're inconvenient for them when you want to talk about the wealth the property that belongs to the entire church, and you want to inventory that property as a good guardian would. I want to help you inventory that as a good guardian would. It's the property of the entire church. Now, inconvenient for the regime, regime was persecuted. If you don't share the ideology of those in power in the church, those who have infiltrated, the wicked clergy, the wicked staff, then you don't share that. You're you are inconvenient. Look what happens. Normally this meant elimination by, in the physical sense. Normally this meant elimination in the physical sense. Oh yeah, that's what they've done to us. They've removed us from the Eucharistic minister list, make them disappear, cold-shouldered us, give us letters that restricts our right to worship, leave the church, and get this. This is John Paul 2, page 7. Normally this meant elimination in the physical sense, but sometimes it meant elimination in the moral sense. The person was more or less drastically prevented from exercising his rights. That's us. I don't know if that's your experience. Those of you who have left the church, those of you who are struggling inside the church, oh, the staff and the clergy, when we wanted to voice and share with them the property of the entire church and we wanted to inventory it, You would think that we were the devil himself, and that's exactly what they would say. They would say, "You're stupid. You're you're a lunatic. You've got a devil inside you. You you know you've got this and that. All these defects simply to silence us. In the moral sense, the person is eliminated, and you're persecuted. And there's you're persecuted." And you're persecuted because of your religious convictions. We have the conviction that you're suffering. What they did to you, those of you who are victims of clergy abuse, sexual, financial, mental, persecuted against your religious convictions. They they're struggling against God. They want to limit the church's activity by silencing your voice. you I just want to share with you when they come and says, Father says. You know, why you want to rock the boat? Rock the boat, hell. I'm a guardian like Joseph of Jesus and I got to do an inventory. This is the property of the church. And that comes to our Yad Vashan. The Jewish Yad Vashon, and the, mem- the memory. I might go over this a couple of times, so forgive me, I didn't mark where I'm at on this, but it, it is very, very powerful. And uh, I... I uh, you know, John Paul II, and uh, I just think it's pretty cool that when you begin to talk about the book of counted sorrows, and we want to count those sorrows. We don't want to let this go. We have religious convictions. And, and, and when we come, in our particular dio- diocesan watcher group, we, so we come to the aid of those who are victims. And they began to shoot us because of the witnesses. Cold shoulder kill. Nobody's taking a bullet to us. And they began to give us, uh, in our own parish, criminal trespasses. G- get, get out of here. I'll give you a criminal trespass warning. But the good thing is, suffering is the property of the entire church. We get that from Cardinal Ratzinger before he, before he was Pope. And we got that from John Paul too. And it's all cited and let me go to the Father's house. I don't know who, uh, you're going to have to Google that because it's, uh, who actually produced this. Oh, it's the Pauline press. Now let's go to the suffering and remember, you want to say to them, don't talk about this. You want to say, son, they have no wine. What is the wine? It's missing. You know, the religious convictions are not protected. Free speech. I'll show you what's missing. Let me go. Let me do a diversion here. What? I'll show you. This is uh, this, the, the wicked clergy are always up to bad habits. I, I am doing a digression. Rasmini today. Blessed Antonio Rasmini, the five wounds of the Holy Church of Presentation. By A.A. bellacito I.C., whatever that means. Hey, listen to this this is what happened. He says at page seven, this is, he, they're they're writing about this Rosmini, who is a blessed Antonio, who is a cleric. I had been kept in the dark about the meetings of the congregation. And I was never told the reasons for the condemnation. I set my full, full submission. He's telling that that's, I read that. And I thought that's exactly what they did to us. We get a letter saying, Teresa gets a letter saying, you got to stay out of the church. I get letters say you can come and go and that's about it. Go to mass and get the hell out of here. And then he, and he is saying You know, I, I I ever nor have I ever hesitated a moment to condemn anything that the Holy See might find wrong in my writings or elsewhere. We say the same thing. Tell us what we've done wrong. We never were, we're uh, 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 we have never hesitated a moment to condemn anything that the Holy See might find wrong in our writings or elsewhere in our behaviors. They can't. They simply want to silence us. And that's the infiltration. I can't remember that. That doctor, I think he's a psychologist, PhD, did a great book on it, that infiltration. And we just want to lance the wound of self-love and let the infection exfiltrate out. What's wrong with that? I am in Jesus, Jesus is in me, and I am at peace with that. I have a religious conviction about that. The wounds are still waiting for a cure. And we may need your voice who have left the church. Come back, be visibly present and moan. You don't have to be an expert, just moan. Show your wounds, cry. Cry with cries of distress scream with screams of torture they can't stand it that's pouring hot coals on the clergy head because you know why they kept their mouth shut they know they either were the wicked actor they were the staff supporter of a wicked actor or they were a cooperator or they were a person with knowledge four categories that cardinal uh, bishop baron uh, identifies the wicked actor himself the staff supporter the cooperator or those with knowledge that did nothing and I and and that that causes us to suffer that's the wealth of the church that we want to inventory amen let's go right into what uh thank God for the life of Randy Angle page 936 page 936 and uh I just got to take a drink Dried here, dried up, knocking stuff around. You're getting me excited. And uh, it's been over 30 days. but, uh, But it is very, very powerful. And we've been doing a lot since we're off. So let me take a sip of coffee so that my dryness goes away. We're growing to more and more people. And because uh, I just share with you, they'll, we've been talking to one another. And we find out that they'll say to Therese, hey, Therese will say, you know, the the, the, the system is corrupt. There are structures in the church that need to be eliminated. They're, they're corrupt. They'll say, well, you're the only victim. They'll have a counter to that. So anytime you complain, they have a response. They don't want to deal with it. And, and so think about when you're out there thinking about coming back and you've experienced the corruption, come back and show them. You don't even have to use any words. just you just You can write letters about uh, the wound in your back and say, come and take a look at my wound. Can I put this in an inventory? I want my wealth. I believe what John Paul II said. And I believe that I want it. This is wealth of the church. that should be inventory. And I want to submit this. Uh, just recently, Pope Francis talked about letting people, impeding the rescue of people at sea who are in distress as a hateful act. So I, I, I want to know if we could put, open up a book of hateful acts and, and record the hateful acts of clergy and staff impeding rescue. How about that for one? Huh? I want to know what the inventory of wealth is, this suffering. This suffering is is that this property that belongs to the entire church. Let's go back. So Randy Engels, I run the risk uh, the, the, uh, uh, of uh, uh, hurting her dignity in a sense, but this her, her chronicled suffering is the wealth, is the property of the entire church. It's the wealth of the church. Page nine three six. Lessons from Saint Anthony's scandal. Like all the case studies related in this chapter, it is difficult to fathom the depth of this tragedy in terms of loss of vocations to the priesthood and the uh, the loss of faith and the pain and suffering experienced by the victims and their families that resulted from St. Anthony's Seminary debacle. Oh, it is difficult, but we have, we know some things. I just, in this preamble, we talked about some of these things. About the suffering. Well that's why I start off with. I voice for the unordained and the unordainables. The people who were told. You will not be ordained if you don't shut up. Just ask father. Deacon, father, bishop. Is there such a thing as. People not ordained because they refuse to shut up. Do you think that exists? Always ask questions. Don't tell them. Just ask questions. And uh, we've gone from three. uh, This is from uh, Father Dini on a tape that he put out. With the Carmelites what, there were three hundred thousand religious women religious when he was growing up say in the fifties or what now we're down to less than forty nine thousand what what would you think if you if you had a family union and the uh the father of the tribe took thirty say 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 he took thirty of the kids to the mall to go shopping and came back with four point four four point nine five and you say, well, where's the rest of them? Shut up. That's wrong to ask about that. What? You had 30 and now you only have 4.9? 300,000 is, I reduce it to the 30. And the 4.9 around off to five. And nobody asks a question? Huh? What's that all about? Well, that's why you have probably been pushed out of the church or pulled out of the church. And we've experienced that cold shoulder like, like we refer to this lessons from saint anthony's scandal like all the case studies the, the the like all the case studies related in this chapter it is difficult to fathom the depth of this tragedy in terms of loss of vocations to the priesthood the loss of faith and the pain and suffering experienced by the victims and their families that resulted from the saint anthony's seminary debacle it is important to note that In its report, the Board of Inquiry indicated that by the mid-1980s there were many signs of sex-related irregularities at the seminary that should have alerted the Franciscan officials that something was morally amiss at St. Anthony's. We know for certain that the provincial minister knew of the existence of at least four sexual predators on staff before the scandal broke in 1989, that he never turned the names of these criminal friars over to the police for trial. The board indicated that on several occasions, two young boys not connected with the seminary were seen at a friar's table for dinner at night and breakfast the following morning. The board also noted that boys were brought into the private quarters of certain friars against all established rules and regulations of the province. The board learned that in the seminary's last days, faculty members routinely gave students full-body massages. There there were also reports that upperclassmen were sexually abusing younger seminarians. In the foreword to the report we read, The majority of the friars at the seminary were not perpetrators of sexual abuse, nor were most of the students victimized. Moreover, the overall education and personal growth fostered by the seminary were accomplished despite the unfortunate and tragic developments described in this report. But clearly this was not true. As one of the victims later confessed to his grieving mother, the seminary was filled with it sexual activity. There was, there was no protection, no peer support. Anyone who reached the report, even in its modified format, was to conclude that homosexual and pateristic underworld that operated at St. Anthony Seminary from the mid-1960s to 1987 was well protected by a clerical and sexual overworld. Again, we quote Ray Higgins, Where is the outrage of all of the good priests? Where indeed? That's very powerful, folks. Very, very powerful. Because that's exactly it. Where is the outrage of all the good priests? Hmm? And nothing but but silence, but crickets. And it's sad. It's really sad. And so we ask about that. Where is the outrage? And I want to dwell on that for a minute. You know, the seminary was filled. And and, and, uh, no peer support. No peer support. Where do these Where do the people go if they have to do something? If they have to say something? Do you remember uh, how how one of the one of the quotes was? Let me just get that quote. Uh, this is again, uh, letter to a suffering church, page ten and eleven bishop and archbishop prayed especially on seminarians those young men over whom he had almost complete control and it's on page 10 and then um, at the bottom it says to whom would they complain that's why we exist to whom would they complain let that sink in that's why we as watchers exist and we ask our clergy write letters we ask could they complain to you father or deacon or staff Or does your ministry have borders, closed borders? Because if the ministry does, we want to close the borders to our money. We're going to close the money pit. We want to turn the oxygen down. That means turn off the money. You turn our church, you turn our church space into battle space, we're going to weaponize our money. That's only fair. And so you can take this letter to a suffering church, what we did, and you can copy it. And then uh, you can yellow the part that I just quoted. Bishop and Archbishop prayed, especially on seminarians, those young men over whom we had he had almost complete control. And then to whom would they complain? And then we've got down here, to whom would they complain? Question mark, Bishop Barron. And then we ask, and we got it written in pen. So we make a photocopy of it. Could they complain to you? Another one, or does your ministry have by have uh, borders, close borders? <coughs> because the priests start to write about, I'm going to focus on my ministry. They start to redefine, I'm going to pro- focus on my priesthood. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, what 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 they're saying is, I'm not going to be responsible. Keep. Keep that in mind when they come back, when they say to you, you know, I'm going to focus on my priesthood or I'm being obedient. You want to say to them, what about the ethic of responsibility? How about being responsible? Let me let me go ahead and quote Ray Higgins at page 937 in Randy Engel's book, The Right of Sodomy, volume uh, volume four. Where is the outrage of all the good priests? Where indeed is it? Hmm? Well, I'm going to focus on my priesthood. You are. Well, let, you know, that's like a mother saying, you know, my children are entitled to two happy parents. This is logic from hell. So that's what I'm going to focus on my priesthood. So I'm not going to take care of the poor. I'm not going to listen to the to your suffering. That's nonsense. So so you want to give them an allegory. You give them an example. Oh, I'm a mother, father. And my children are entitled to... I'm going to focus on my motherhood. So I'm going to leave my husband because the kids are entitled to two happy parents. That's right out there in society. That's how the devil gets involved in there. Yeah, they're entitled to two happy. You know what? I'm going to go... And uh, go. I'm going to dump my kids off at Perry School and leave them there for a couple weeks and focus on my motherhood. I'm going to go to self improvement classes. Do you see that? They, they just they they gut by their terminology the very meaning of motherhood. She protective services. If that woman abandons her kids and says, "You know, I'm going to improve my motherhood," but go to the beauty shop, my kids are entitled to a good looking mother. Do you see that? They they invert. They invert it and uh, and for a mother to do that to neglect her children to abuse her children protective services take the kids away so you say to the father you want to focus on your priesthood how responsible is that how responsible is it for you to focus on your priesthood and not give any out in our own in our own diocese <clears throat> we have uh A priest that was labeled as a wicked priest by another priest but he had associates why don't they know why don't they tell us the names of the associates so we could go and talk to him meaning there was a series of men (coughs) that were under the labeled wicked priest who were silent maybe there's 15 20 of them finally somebody breaks because he says this guy is acting out in a wrong way it's it's kind of alive so i'm not gonna give you too much details but uh, contemporaneous but but they know what I'm talking about. And they, they remain silent. Just give us the names. We like to go to the associates and say, what did you know? When did you know it? And And if you want to claim privacy, I want to claim privacy to my wallet, to the money pit. Money pit shut down. Now I'll tell you another thing. You also were starting to use terms of service. Meaning that if you want to define your priesthood we're going we're gonna to have terms of service, and we're going to define what qualifies you for our money. And you need to be responsible. There's an ethic of responsibility. I was obedient. That's why I remained silent. You'll hear Father, uh, one of the Jesuits in the United States, talk about. He, wanted, he won't talk about whether or not he belongs to the homosexual lobby, is part, of the, is part of it, or is homosexual. I'm being obedient. Well, how about being responsible? how about being responsible that's an ethic that's equally important okay and and not only that as we begin to dig deeper you know us catholics uh we've trusted a lot you know we would trust the priest to go and study and and what listen to the you know do the bible and give us a book report at the end of the week <laughs> well we can't do that anymore okay so again the summarizing all this Son, they have no wine. No matter what they say, I think that covers a lot. Mary is being responsible to the needs of others. Son, they have no wine. You know, when the priest says, I'm too old to care and be responsible. I'm too, uh, I'm retired. I can't be caring and responsible. Or I'm too busy to be a responsible priest. You just keep bringing to them, son, they have no wine. You know, and you inventory for the clergy staff, the bishop and the diocese as a good guardian, you inventory the property that's owned by the entire church. It's the wealth of the entire church. And you count that. Remember, let me get this clear. The suffering is the property of the entire church fact he goes deeper it's the well it's wealth and we want to be part of our lady of counted sorrows when he tried to silence you that's going to exfiltrate the bad right out of the church you know you want to shake your bishop up and spank him and say do something hey good luck go for it i don't think he's going to do anything but when you start nagging men who should have never been ordained that are weak Men that are fragile vocations, and their only comeback is leave me alone. That's why. That's why they're saying I'm too old, I'm too retired, I'm too busy. Leave me alone. Oh, you just nag. That tells you you might have a man that was a weak man ordained, and he's a weak priest. He might be. Uh, he might have been a um, a mediocre man who becomes ordained as a mediocre priest. E and they come together as a fragile vocation. Oh that you provide exfiltration right out of the church so it's the other side of the coin for the man that wrote the book about where we have infiltration there's infiltration in the church you know Dob talked about the uh, communist men who are atheistic you know there's a lot of strategies that you can do so let's go into a, some carmelite formation that's mother mary's order and uh i don't know how this is going to sound because i've got to get a little sip of coffee I'll take a break I mean, like 20-second break, the papers around. And if I do anything wrong, blame it. I'm going to blame it on Teresa. Everybody else does. The priests and the clergy do, so blame it on Teresa. So here's the good news. So what's happening is people are wanting spiritual direction. And the clergy is supposed to be, we're, 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 we're stumbling across this, we're supposed to be trained in spiritual direction. So when you go and ask people, you know, what do I do? Direct me. They don't know what to say. They say, hey, they know mystical theology. Spiritual direction is no longer mandatory in the seminary. So then we begin to associate ourselves. There's many ways to join the church. That's what I want to talk about. Not many ways to join a the church. There's many ways to be a member of the church, the Holy Roman Catholic Church. Uh, uh, And that is, you can be a member of the parish, you can be a member of a religious order, say like the Carmelites, the Theresian disgust Carmelites, a friar, a nun, a secular, a secular Dominican, a third order Dominican, a Franciscan, uh, a member of the family of Carmel. Okay? So as we begin thinking about this, they... we're trying to evangelize the DOLW diocese of lansing watch is trying to evangelize people that that the priest no longer care about you know the uh, and so we that have been that have left or marginalized and they they leave and so we're starting to find out okay so how do we join these groups how do we i've been kicked out of my parish My rights uh, uh, to be a member of the church have been eliminated by my pastor and by the staff. Uh, In Teresa's case, entirely uh, booted out of the church. In my case, I can only come very limited, very limited what I can do in my. So we begin to say, well, listen, they, first of all, there's a strategy. They want us to leave. In fact, in the, in the letter, in the email, priest says, why don't you go? Most people do. What does that tell you? Why don't you go? Most people do. So what? We're thinking about is, oh no, I'm still. Teresa's still a member of the family of Holy Redeemer, Church Holy Redeemer Parish, Burton, Michigan. Though we've been drastically restricted. uh, To coin a term that Francis uses, perhaps we've been cold shoulder killed. They don't like to talk about that. But we're in the family. You too can be in the family. You don't have to come back and join the Catholic Church the path one of the pathways back is to say hey uh, i'm gonna have to go and talk to these people that i don't like that hurt me oh no just you know you can be in the family you can circle the church with your car and be outside and slowly approach the church but we began to realize that they have less control over us in our weakness we have we have no power we're very weak uh, we've tried a lot of things in the church courts, and uh, that's about as useless as uh, it's just not not functional. But we we still try, we still do that. But you know, we're members. Of, don't let them erase you or erase your memories. What I'm saying. So coming back may mean they may mean oh registering and giving them a tiding of ten percent. Oh no, then. I wouldn't give them a dime, okay? And you come back and you give them your suffering. Say, listen, I want to give you my suffering. That's wealth. The church teaches that. Do you object to that? So we're encouraging you to come back with your wounds and know that there's many ways to be a member of the church, the member of the parish that they might have kicked you out. If they've kicked you out, if they've made it so intolerable that you, they forced you out, it could be, many ways to do this many ways to do this and you could become the family we just stumbled on this because of the way they treated us so uh i think Teresa would uh, i can't speak for her but i think she'd consider herself still a family maybe not a member of the parish because they gave her uh, <laughs> the boot with the letters Say stay away the threat's going to be and they've done that to other people uh they'll call the police on them you've been given a you're a trespasser you're not allowed here why aren't you allowed here because you look like Jesus Christ you're all bloody and bruised well who bloody bruised you they did the the, the pastor and the and the hooligans the, the 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 nice and pleasant looking people there who are trying to grow a parish who've done it with great cruelty we are that symbol of cruelty they don't want you around they don't want you around at all so have you thought about that like pouring you know you're visibly present and we're going to do some of these uh shows where we're going to ask the bishop to come along and we'll show him the wound we'll show him how we are transforming and i'll try to read some of that next time i can't go from memory but don't let them disappear you don't let them demoralize you in more than one way demoralize it you just give up or demoralizing them in the way that they say, well, this is a little bit okay, this is a little bit okay. You know, the, there's a writing where uh, uh, Pope Francis talks about uh, at, at the canonization of Oscar, or at a, at a, he's speaking to other bishops, and he's talking about Oscar Romero, St. Oscar Romero, a bishop, and he said, the bishops excommunicated. St. Bishop Oscar Romero with their whispers campaign. And we find that to be true. They have campaigns of whispers. You know what you and I would call gossip? Because they have, because they're clergy. These are the wicked clergy. There's lots of good clergy. But the good clergy are giving up. Just like they said, where's the outrage? There's no outrage. and You got Randy Engels out there. They want her to disappear. They want her to be as if she never existed. We're not going to let that happen. You shouldn't let that happen either. Again, you come and you you sit out. You remember the life you had before the tragedy that you had. You can just imagine that and just pray with us. I am in Jesus. Jesus is me. And I am at peace. You can repeat that prayer over and over again in the parking lot you don't have to go in the church god can emanate out in our place you go they don't want us inside the church we go in the parking lot they want us in the parking lot we'll go across the street in kroger's and we'll pray and we're an expat community and we're going to bring the bishop back and and we are catholic trash with money no we're not going to go inside the church we're going to be an example we want to live the reality and we're gonna have the bishop come out and do a mass i'll buy a dumpster we'll We'll hire a forty-foot dumpster, low-boy dumpster, and we'll be in it. And he, and we'll maybe he'll let us take some pictures. Maybe he won't. I don't care whether the pastor shows up or not. Uh, but he, if the bishop comes, he'll probably want. And we're not going to whine. We won't complain and say they did bad. What are they going to do? What about the optics of that? You're in a dumpster, in a plastic bag, and you, could, you could, you could get Monopoly money and put it all in the bag, or put some hundred-dollar bills on it, whatever. Catholic trash with money. You're no good, and the bishop maybe will come over and lift you out of the dumpster for communion. I don't know what. Don't have to complain. You might moan. You might cry. We might hire some actors. But they have a conscience, meaning the wicked clergy, the silent staff and cooperators who knew, they've got a conscience, and that conscience is the seat of your Father. That has nothing. They are often quoting the Holy Spirit, told him to do this and told him to do that, you know. And Jesus told them to do this in their visions and dreams. Well, we're with the Father. We don't argue. First of all, I doubt very much that what they've had is a valid experience of the Holy Spirit. I doubt very much what they've had is the voice of Jesus. But and you know why? Because the deity that pushes out the marginalized, the pushes out those who are inconvenient, is the in Michigan, it's the Great Spirit. It's what the Aborigines would worship. The great spirit as you got older you were not useful you would go out into the woods and die and that's what they've essentially done we're no longer useful to them so you don't you don't have to that conscience that they have is the seat where the father is where he's at and he just asked questions look at what he did in genesis to adam and eve well where are you at he knew the answer where are you at we're hiding why are you hiding he knew the answer to that. They got little fig leaves on it. And, 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 and then, we're nude. Who told you we're nude? They. He knows all those answers. You can you can say, Bishop, come on down. The bishop will know. We're in the dumpster. You know you don't have to, come on in. And when they surround, you don't have to say a thing. The image will speak volumes. We'll try to do that. We'll try to do a show and tell, show you how to do that. And uh, we can we can get, listen, you can get bishops to do this. There's lots of bishops in the world that will be more than happy to help you out in this respect if your bishop doesn't want to do it. So it depends on what your circumstances are. But we're toying with that, okay? And uh, we're way behind. There's a number of reasons why, but we're making some advances in a lot of areas. You know, you do two steps forward, one step back. And we got the website, but let me get back to formation. So as we begin to get get spiritual direction and say we associate with the Carmelites, third order Carmelites, they then they do the same. They say, well, you can't bring in problems extraneous. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, with the Carmelites in formation, that's exactly, you don't want to argue with them when you're doing through formation. Keep your mouth shut till you get passed through. But that's, that's, uh. That's exactly what people who have been in formation, who have been formators, forming people. That's Mary's place to crush evil. That's Mary's place. She counted her sorrows. That's why we got the 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 day in the church calendar about the seven sorrows of Mary. Her sorrows are counted, and uh, and so you want. And we have the teachings of the church that her sorrow, her suffering, your suffering is wealth for the church. And it gives your faith, your experience of suffering with faith is very powerful in weakness. They can't understand. They say, why don't you leave, Teresa? Everybody else does. They just don't understand it. When you put suffering in front of a Christian who's animated by the Father, they'll run towards it. Someone who is ordered to God, they see suffering, they're going to want to relieve it. They're not going to want to abandon it. It's the cross of Christ. You don't necessarily like it. He had agony, but he accepted it. You put malevolence in front of a rightly formed Catholic Christian, they're going to want to reduce it. They don't want to restrain malevolence. What do they do? You have the words of eternal life. Christ, where do we go? So if you've left and you still think of there's no pathway back, we're giving you pathways. You go with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to accept the pathway to come back and see the Monsignor, the priest, or that authority that represents for you the wickedness that you've suffered. And you know doggone well they knew about it. You come back and just go across the street and pray to God. And (coughs) we say the work will show you, will teach you how to do it. The work of your sanctification, the work of coming off the couch and out of the depression, and loving God and growing God inside, it will teach you how to come back to the church. There are many good people here, and we've stayed, and we're going to fight, and we welcome you to join and stay and and fight with your suffering. All we want to do is, we don't even want the bishop to say anything. We just want to be present in front of him, and when he shows up, I will guarantee you the rest will flock out there to be around the bishop, and we'll just moan, Some of us, those three categories, those who will moan, and we'll hire students to dress up like moaners, uh, like they have, like in England, they have professional mourners. Moan, the second category, people who cry in distress, whimpering. Others are going to scream out occasionally in torture. You know, you take kids, (laughs) if you take a lot of children around men that are not used to being around kids, you know, never baby-proofed their lives, it's going to make them nervous, you know. Not a problem. I think you can get enough good bishops that will allow that, and bring bring the wicked clergy. They're going to want to exfiltrate right out of there. They're not going to want to hang around. And but your presence, the presence of your wounds, and we'll teach you how to do it. I should do a podcast and read you what we're doing, so you can pick it up. It's, it's it, I get excited about this—the violence of love when we shape. We talk about the words of Jesus and the words of Scripture, changing plowshares into up, changing convert, uh, change, transform. Swords into plowshares, and we do it. We do it in a play, in a in a in a, in a, in a uh, pageantry. Well, the swords are the unjust anything in the church government that's contrary to the gospel. So we take those swords, and they're transformed, and they're beaten. Where else are they beaten? On our backs, they're beaten on our backs, and they're bent, and they're flattened, and they're dulled on our life. All these injustices all this destruction of innocence making people disappear by leaving them off the of the, the list and we present that to the bishop bishop here is a homily a sermon in without words but activity of transforming swords of injustice into plowshares who do you see on that as it's beaten and bent and the bishop will say well i think i see your face oh I see. it looks like jesus's it's being transformed I say that to you who have left the church, who have been pushed and pulled out of the church. That's your face on that sort of injustice that's being beaten on your back, your life, your experience, into a plowshare. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Now, I leave you with this thought, too. We're going to start forming some... Uh, Uh, relationships with prelatures you don't even probably don't even know what that is but it's uh, it's a good thing Uh, religious orders and some formation on spirituality just how do you go the suffering that you have there's three stages to the spiritual life the first is the purgation suffering is valuable it's wealthy it's good property to get you to the second stage illumination so don't waste your suffering illumination and then unity union with god Can I hear an amen? And they're not getting that in seminary. Look, I'm too old. Don't don't want to hear about your suffering. Well, I'm too retired to be responsible. Oh, do that. That'll pour coals on their head. Uh, I I don't want to get, don't give me that letter. I'm too not responsible, Father. No, I'm too retired. I'm too busy. I'm going to focus on my priesthood. You know, I tried that in protective services, took my kids. I focused on my motherhood, went to the sauna for a week so you just reflect that you know it's like they're they're, they're, they everything's about me i'm going to focus on my priesthood translates into i'm going to be selfish and focus on me i'm going to only focus on what's achievable you gotta let god work there are many things that you can't limit yourself god is the god of surprises you cannot limit yourself to what you only can conceive let god surprise you amen amen